and my my argument was they simply can't do worse than they did last split. Um, and I also I I think I also said like they're gonna develop because of their time spent together. This was uh, an acid flashback for them. This was post traumatic stress disorder. They were suddenly they woke up and it was spring of 2023, and they <laughs> spent a week in there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Salt Mine. This is season two, episode number three. We are fresh off week number two of the NACL, and we have uh, got some interesting results to show for it. I'm Gordo. I'm joined with a smaller episode. Uh, got Bonfire and TDS on today. My two color casters going to be joining me to break down this week of action. 30 more games, and... Uh, a lot of fun there, to, to say the least, as we've got teams rising up in the standings, we've got teams falling down in the standings, we'll get into those in a little bit, but let's start off with Player of the Week, as uh, I'm going I'm to let one of you guys take this one first. I, I have a real clear candidate, and I want to see if you guys end up with uh, the same choice as I do for Player of the Week. EDS, I'll let you go first. Okay, I, I, I don't think we're going to have the same, but I already kind of hinted the player that I've been the most impressed with and the one that impressed me the most this week. And it's Samudo on the top lane from Wildcard. I think that he's been playing really, really great. He did an amazing job at neutralizing essentially Fake God, which is not only one of the better players in the league, but also potentially the best top laner. So the fact that he was able to not only neutralize him, but find so much value for Wildcard consistently in the games and then against CSG and in other games, I feel like it goes to show how well Samudo is doing. And it's his first split back after being on Korea. So really, Taking the the lessons over there and applying them as best as possible. Really been impressed with him, and hopefully it keeps on getting better with him in wildcard. Uh, yeah, I'll go Faisal. I think that um, it's not easy to join a team, um, you know, that already kept most of their core, and I think that uh, there were a lot of expectations on his shoulder uh, going into FlyQuest, and I think that he's just done asked the expectations with flying colors had a really good second week i don't think anything really sticks out in terms of like superstar performances but FlyQuest ended up ended up going five and one and faisal held his own and again you know you know me i'm the storyline guy i go off of plots and you know that kind of stuff and i think that the storyline of like you know having the expectations and surpassing them and doing just as well if not better is very impressive to me so i give it to faisal i think a bit more of like a sneaky pick but has really impressed me with his short stint so far on FlyQuest. Yeah, I, I think Faisal's a really cool option there. Um, I, I do love me some Samudo as well. Like, I'm just getting higher and higher on him every single week. Um, I, I, his mechanics just impress me so much. And we can we can talk about that in a second. But uh, to round out what our picks are going to be, mine is Keel. Um, I, I think Keel has a terrific run uh, this week from Wildcard. Probably the best I've seen out of him in his time in the NACL, which, which is great to see as he kind of comes in... Um, you know, with the introduction of provisional teams, there's this big influx of players who had been around the scene for a while, but who had not uh, necessarily been picked up for Academy, right? Had, like, always been right on the fringes and had never really gotten their shot. Um, and Keel was kind of one of those guys, right, who comes in with a couple extra years on him. You know, you think of guys like Sketch and Trevor as well and million players like this uh that came in with the provisional introduction um but keel i feel like has grown like a huge amount um ever since coming into nacl um and, and i've been super impressed with him i think this is his best week ever he has two fantastic kindred games he has two fantastic kha'zix games he has a good poppy game in there and he plays a Moo as well. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that game was particularly impressive, but the rest is just completely great. He gaps a lot of people in the early games, and he's a big part of this five one week for wildcard for me. Yeah, wildcard I feel like is definitely the team that we had that everyone had their eyes on this week, kind of came out of nowhere and have catapulted themselves to tied second in the standing. So I mean I'm not surprised that you guys both grabbed a wild card player eight and four uh, in their game record tied with FlyQuest challengers um i do want to say i was incorrect about the FlyQuest challengers i think five and one was the first week and uh, they went they five went and one this week too didn't they i 
I'm not sure. Now I'm questioning myself. Week. Last week they went. Yeah, they went five and one this week. I think they went three three last week. Yeah, it was. They had a they had a worse week number one for sure. Yeah. They went uh, three one. Yeah, they went three three in week one because they had to play TL challengers. So it's a little unfair. Here I am. Here I am. All right, never mind. I I am way off right now. But anyways, I I do I wild card. I think impressed a lot of people. And we were kind of hyping the matchup, the last matchup potentially with Wildcard and DSG as one of the ones that could really jump. Because we were saying, I remember last week we were talking about how Wildcard, if not for how they played a couple of games, really could have been 5-1 and one as well. Like They could have been contesting for top spot last week already. And now with this grade of a week, they are already on the top three standings, really good contesting with Flyquist Challengers, I think going to give a really good fight. And... The, the I remember a bit of the conversation was who is going to go against the top three that people kind of have already in mind, right? The TLC, FlyQuest, FlyQuest C, and also the DSG. Those were the top three that people really have in their minds. And then who is going to try and go into them and try and face them as much as possible? And it feels like Wildcard really is setting up to be that. They still have to yet to complete their roster, but they're already showing great things. And I feel like even when Alex gets here, the potential for that roster can go to, can go higher. Although there's also the argument that maybe Isles can turn this around in a bad way, but I feel like it, it should go up only for Wildcard, honestly. Yeah, let's let's do the, let's take this opportunity then to transition into talking about uh the newcomer of the week, um who is Don Bray, who comes in on uh on Wildcard in the support position. They they take out Duo King. They put him in. Uh, don't have a lot of insider information on that. I was I was looking through. I was surprised to see him in there, and I was looking through the wildcard Twitter and stuff. I couldn't find anything about it. Um, but hyped to see Don Bray here. I mean, he was off of that Evil Geniuses Prodigies team. Uh, haven't really seen him too much since then. Uh, and I think he has a really impressive first week here uh, on towards wildcard. I mean, the whole team looks really good, but he has a couple of really great Rakan games in there. I don't know if we've gotten to see a huge amount of champion pool depth out of him quite yet, as I feel like he plays like three or four games of Rakan at least. Um, and then, you know, Enchanter meta it, being what it is means we don't get to see too much otherwise, but I, I think he has a really great showing in what is his rookie week of the NACL. Um, the team looks better than they did with Duo King, which really surprises me as kind of, I think we all kind of shared this idea that we were concerned about Wildcard losing their identity with Moose Hater and Duo King stepping away. And now I have seen them win games without having them. Uh, I, I've seen what this new identity kind of looks like. And now I'm, I'm kind of excited because if they stick with Don Bray, I could see him growing and getting better. Or if they put in Isles, I mean, Isles is a very talented support in his own right, and I'm really curious to see what heights he can take this team to. Yeah, I mean, look, whenever someone joins a team, it's the same thing as the Faisal conversation where it's like, do you want it? Are you going to mess the chemistry up? Are you going to fit into the team composition? And um, I think that was, I think one of my biggest concerns when he joined the team also very well, you know, I, I think you ask a lot of hardcore uh, NA fans who Dombre is before this week, and even they wouldn't know. Um, obviously, Gordo, you're not one of those people. You're just you're just, you're better than that. What can I say? But I didn't know he was. I was I was alternatively, not, dude. I was not Dombre pilled. You know, I was unaware of this Dombre power. And uh, to come into a team and then to ensure that they have one of their strongest weeks in org history uh, in, in the NACO, very very impressive. So. Um, you know, give his give him his roses. Credit where credit is due. Don Bray showed up in the right way, and uh, I think it also kind of it's important, right? Because I think there's a conversation that a lot of people have when you bring in a new player. It's something's going wrong. We need to change it. Don Bray wasn't really in that situation. The first week was fine for Wild Card. I don't think they needed to change, but they decided to. And that brings up the question of like, should this be more like traditional sports, where even if things are going okay? you can still have a fluid transition of substitutions. And uh, I don't know. I think that's a conversation to be had. Well, and that's a really good analogy to try and make here because it, it made me think kind of the good teams that have already a set defined style in, in typical sports. It happens, right? Where you already have a set defined style that you can pluck and play players in any way. And they are not going to mess up the way that the play, the team is playing. 
So I, I really feel like Wildcard is getting that sort of thing going for them. Obviously, it's going to be better, especially I think in League of Legends, having a consistent roster is almost always great to get things done a bit better uh, over the time. But the fact that they are able to plug and play players here, players that we haven't even heard from in a while, like Dombre, obviously it's surprising to see him come through uh, so out of nowhere and then be able to perform really well but i think it goes to show how well wildcard is being managed how well the players are meshing together and how well they are playing together as well the other four can make up for that one difference there and it allows for the team to keep on evolving and that's why i think they are going to keep on getting better when they get aisles because now that it, when they get their support that it's going to be consistent that they are going to play with 100 percent of the time i think that they can keep on improving and make things better for themselves. I don't know why, but Wildcard kind of reminds me to how Fear was starting last split with more so than just cheesy wins with certain champions that nobody expected, like Wildcard did in the previous split with the Guardian and things like that. They are doing just a typical but really well-played games with right, with uh, meta comps, with champions played really well, with players having great performances. And I think that that's a really good sign for Wildcard moving forward as well. Yeah. One more interesting thing about Donbre, actually, just to, to finish out the Donbre point is, yeah, he's been gone for most of 2023. Um, don't really know what he's been up to during that time, but in his like super young career, like he kind of just started in 2021 with the Proving Grounds era. Um, mm -hmm. Is he, he's made a run like exclusively through LCS affiliate uh, amateur orgs like during that time. Like he started on TSM amateur. And then he was on 100 Thieves Next for a bit. And then he was on Evil Geniuses Prodigies. And those are like the only teams that he's been on. Like he has not really participated in the, the OQ circuit for NACL uh, outside of that. Which is... Um... I think it says he's currently on college, by the way. It, mm. says, it says he's on Winthrop. Uh, yeah, I think he is. But I, I don't think he... Does he? St I don't think he starts for them, right? Because they run. Maybe he's um, in the in the in the university. Yeah, because right? like they, be they always run. They always run Kenji, thing. right? Um, Sir Kenji is always the support they're running, yeah. so he might be a sub or something there. Um, at least in my memory, I but I don't know. I, I I'm gonna be honest. Collegiate is Nyarko's game. He might know. <laughs> but we don't have Nyarko here. Yeah, we're missing Nyarko. The one time we need his collegiate expertise, he's missing. Yeah, the one time we're gonna take collegiate seriously. No. I know. Also, it's the one week where Maryville does great. It is. Yeah. It is also the one week where Maryville does great. It's the. It's once again the week where we have to shut up about uh, making fun of collegiate. I don't even make fun of collegiate that much. It's really tedious. That, that yeah, shut I up. never make fun of them. I just feel pity for them. That's it. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. Um. I. I. And on the subject of newcomers, though, uh, technically, uh, the this is not the only person making their NACL debut this week. It's also Acadian coming in in the jungle with his first NACL game. Um. Did have plenty of academy games. Did have plenty of LCS games, but not any NACL games. Now he does in in what is a little bit of a disaster scenario for AoE gold um, as they end up having to sub in Acadian and move Will to Marksman uh, due to um, a little bit of a uh, of a Lynx power outage, internet outage, some kind of disruption in his ability to play the game. Just real unfortunate for them and especially ends up being really tough for them in what is a important matchup you've got to feel up against Maryville um, with both of these teams kind of towards the bottom of the table you definitely want to be able to take those wins where you can get them and it's not like it was guaranteed for aoe anyway given how good of a week maryville had but they just do not look competitive at all in that series honestly i it felt really it it, it, it felt like acadian certainly hadn't been playing in a while without trying to imply anything like i think odd orange run him really well and then he really didn't find his stride in the game i'm the weirdest part is, or because it happened to things like that, right? Didn't they have an opportunity to just call any other AD carries that? I feel like... I think it was, like, literally really... last minute. Like, I think it was, like, they were... It's, like, day of, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, not just day, like, hour of. Like, I think they were anticipating running links up until, like, champion select. Which, I also, I also think it's kind of the hardest, the harshest part, because... I feel like Will is one of the better players from AoE, so you're taking one of your better players in my eyes, putting yeah. him off roll, and then filling the gap with a jungler that hasn't played competitive in a while. 
yeah. And oh, and you know, I, I actually remember it more thoroughly now. I didn't watch the games live, uh, Father's Day and all that, but I do remember seeing the tweet. I think the stream even started late because they're like they were the first game of the day, and they were like, "Oh, uh, Link's just lost power, so we're gonna be starting a little bit late on the stream." So it's like, yeah, I think it was really last minute, really disastrous. Um, I guess you know while while we're talking about Maryville and AOE and that matchup, like th this game like means nothing to me. Like I'm I'm pretty much completely disregarding it in my opinions of the players and the teams. Uh, I, I based on how that Frankenstein AOE roster looked, I think they any team in this league two owes them pretty easily. As you said, I think uh, Odd Orange cleared Acadian pretty easily in that first game, and then in that second game, Scary Jerry Ophelios just two v two gets a double kill uh mm -hmm. on the um substitute will 80 carry bot lane and then like just goes legendary like scary jerry just runs the map from there with his lead it's like i don't know it's just it, it, it's very unfortunate that that happened to aoe but it's like i'm i'm just kind of throwing that game in the garbage which is unfortunate for maryville as well because they were having the kind of form this weekend where it looked like they could have legitimately challenged a, a full power aoe um, but because this is the roster they end up playing with, it just it's I find it to be completely meaningless. I don't know about you guys. Importantly, though, standing wise, it's crucial for them because they are still you had we still have to consider the fact that we're going to to towards uh, relegation later on. So the fact that they are able to get the sort of victories are important. It may feel bad, but when there's relegation involved, you have to take this sort of victories 100% of the time. Yeah. The new, yeah. the double round robin format at least gives them like a little bit of a bailout. Like this would have yeah. been really bad in last, in the 16 team format where you played everybody once because then it's you're like, like getting that out yeah. of free win and saving themselves from relegation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is the out. one time you have to play against one of those other competitors at the bottom of the table. And it's like, just have to, yeah. to have to come near to forfeiting like that is just very rough. I, I just feel bad for, I mean, I feel bad for a lot of people in that situation, but Acadian, like, has just been prepping as the, he's not even the head coach, he's the assistant coach, and he's helping with replays, and he's getting everything set up, he's probably so focused on this new job of his, that he's not, he doesn't have time to play solo queue, and to prep with the team on the rift, and then they're just like, hey, Acadian, you have to play in a pretty pivotal uh, relegation battle matchup, and he's like, okay, I'll do my best. Um, but this was not the Acadian of old. This is not an LCS starter Acadian that we used to see. Like, this was rough. Um, and I think that uh, it's just an unfortunate situation. I don't think it's, like, indicative of AoE gold having, like, you know, oh, why couldn't they find someone else? Like, it's just a poor situation. And uh, it might, you know, I think TDS brings up a good point, right? Like, when you have a relegation system these matchups matter a lot more than one might think because mid-table teams get to stay in the league and uh, this could keep Maryville in the mid-table. And importantly, I think with the league system, how it's currently set up, because we manage, like, the, the way that the NCL works, right? It's two B, it's BO2s. It's no BO3, so there's no difference between, or there's a difference between winning and losing here. Time matters. So the fact that Maryville can get this 2-0 victory and then in the future matchup, they may get a one they may get a one one instead like that already gives them a winning record against aoe so that can be a difference between relegating and uh, being relegated or not like one victory can really make the difference here now aoe will have potentially a losing record against uh maryville so it's important to keep those things in mind and the fact that they got the 2-0 can matter really on the long run like it's not only the victory it's the 2-0 difference now yeah for right? sure it's like a really tight bottom of the table as well. There's like two games separating fourth and tenth. Like this was a good opportunity for AOE to kind of pull ahead of of that relegation zone, and instead they are they are firmly planted there. Um, or at the very least, tie it right. Not even just yeah. uh, separate themselves, but at the very least, keep it close enough that that it can be salvageable later on. Yeah. So they're they're at four and eight, the same as Supernova and Team Fish Taco. Um, all those teams sitting at the bottom. Team Fish Taco considered below the other two uh, as they do not have a 2-0 to their name. They have just had uh, slightly more ties. So let's go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say because I, are we jumping into Team Fish Taco? Because I just... I, I want to talk about Team Fish Taco a little bit because oh. I have no idea what to make yeah. of this team anymore. Uh, because, yeah, they are, as I said, they are, the, they are in sole possession of last. 
based on their current record, right? They're they're four and eight in games, which is the same as AOE and Supernova, um, but they're also 0-4-2 in series. So they've tied four times, lost twice. They have never 2-0 a series. Uh, and that yeah. puts them below AOE and Supernova, who have two, each 2 0 one series apiece. Um, but gotten 0 one more time than Team Fish Taco. And, like... So they're obviously at the bottom of the standings, which should make them the worst team in the league. But they keep beating all our best teams. Uh, they take a game. They split a series with FlyQuest this week, and they split a series with Team Liquid this week. The two most uh, consistent teams in the league by far. Both end up dropping games to Team Fish Taco. Where is this coming from? Like, are Team Fish Taco sleeper good? Are they just like the best early game team in the league? What what's going on here? Right. I think they are the best early game in, team in the league. Or maybe not the best, <laughs> but I think they are contesting with that. I, I Because I saw the TL series, right? I TL should have lost 2-0, being, being honest here. I think TL should have lost 2-0. That first game they won was illegal to won. They they should have never won that game. Teamfish Ta Tackle actually won them really well the early stage of the game. They neutralized APA, and I, and I feel like this series and the Fear one showed perfectly how if you neutralize APA or if you make him completely unimportant to the game, it affects Steel so much. Like, the difference with APA being ahead and him being behind is so big for TL that it matters how it goes forward. And I think in important matchups against DSG and FlyQuest and all the other top teams, it's going to be such an important thing to notice because that can really be the difference maker. But in this series particularly, I think that they, they run the early game so well. They control TL first really, really, the TL challengers really, really well in the first and second game. But they just are so bad after getting the lead. Like they know how what, how to get the lead, they get the lead, and then the the computers turn off. Uh, that's the best way to put it. Like their their computers turn off after getting a lead past fifteen minutes, and they cannot play the game. It's something that it's surprising to see. They are equal to a team. I don't remember which team it was. I think it was from Lec or LCS that just gets great leads and then cannot close out games. It was for the live twenty twenty two Golden Guardians, maybe. Oh yeah, baby. the one with pride. Uh, the one with Pride Stalker. Yeah, could be uh, that. No, but I, I think it's one this year. Like, there's one this year that does that exactly and cannot close team, out games. Team well, actually, all of the LCS <laughs> feels Liquid. like they do that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Team Liquid's doing no, Team Liquid the does win. Yeah, Team Liquid at least wins. Not in like, spring. I can Not say spring. that for almost every team of the LCS. Like, they get leads and then they don't close out the game. So maybe there's a deeper problem. But, like, it's just so weird with TFT. I don't know what to make of them. I have belief in them. But belief doesn't win you games. And I'm not sure what to say about them. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll I'll make the counter argument there because you said, oh, they're sneaky good. They win their leads. They probably should have two OTL. Um, and then you went on to say, but they stink after they get their leads. That's yeah. not a good team. That is not the mark of a good team. That is the mark of a team who is good at laning, maybe. Um, and maybe a team who like True. knows how to get it. Like it, they are mechanically okay players, obviously, if they're able to get the leads. But I think that they just like flip a coin or draw like roll dice on how they're going to play out the rest of the game. That is why I think they're going to lose when it comes to the late game. Cause I don't think there's a single team in the league who's concerned about TFT, even if they fall behind, cause they kind of expect like, all right, sure. You know, they, they, they laned a little better than us. They had a good, a couple early jungle ganks that got us, you know, caught us, but at a certain point they are going to throw. Um, and in a sense, I mean, that's, you know, comparison Dignitas Baron, baby. Like once they get that lead, they don't know what to do with it. Let's just at least go to the you know the Baron and see what happens. Obviously, it's not always Baron for TFT, but it's always something. And so I don't think this is a good team. I think that they have a shtick, and their shtick is an early lead. And I don't think it's going to last very long. And I think TL actually showed how to beat them in that game where APA got neutralized. Where it's like, even if you beat our best player and beat us on our game plan, you're still not going to beat us as a whole. Um, so I'm anti-TFT. Anti-team... Fair enough. Fair enough. Anti Team Fish Taco coming through. <laughs> Maybe from... they just warp the reality in my mind so I will... much that I kind of <laughs> thinking they are a good team. Because you, like <laughs> you like fish tacos so much. That's why. Counter counter argument. Yeah. Counter counter here. As well, I I agree. I think their macro has been disappointing, uh, and I'm not you know I'm not gonna put up. Uh, put them up as a staple of like team play or anything like that what's really interested me is i kind of come out of uh team fish taco like higher 
on almost all of their players than I was going in. Like, I, I it's very strange because usually on these teams, there's, especially towards the bottom of the NACL, there's like one or two players where I'm just like, all right, I'm kind of done with this guy. Get him out of the league. Let's let's see who's next up. Um, <laughs> I'm not there on like anybody on Team Fish Taco, even though they're at the bottom. I think like even this week, NXI, um, his Rakan games are real good. I think he uh, shows a lot more on support this week than he did in week number one, even though Team Fish Taco, I would argue maybe even as like a whole, like looked like more of a threat in week number one. Um, and Lunasia, like I'm not, the broadcast seems really down on Lunasia. Like the broadcast seems to really be pushing, like uh, he's slumping after how good he looked on FlyFam, but like, I don't know, FlyFam was terrible. And I feel like this team looks way better than FlyFam. And I think Lunasia is getting to show more here than he did on FlyFam. Um, Rosethorn has some real, like Rosethorn, Onat, I think are their keys to their games against FlyQuest and Team Liquid. I think mid-jungle, uh, managing to camp both Spyrax and APA completely out of the game is like their recipe for success there. And I think Spawn's had some good pop-offs too. Like I, I actually have very few criticisms at a player-by-player level. I think clearly, you know, everybody's over-aggressing a little bit. Everybody goes in a little too far. Um, Onat and Lunasia especially, but... I think all in all, though, like, I, I think all of these players, like, are are rising up in the rankings for me, which is a very interesting thing for me to be saying about a last place team. It kind of feels like you're giving Bonfire the, like, the the, the reason here, because yeah. both of you said players are mechanically good, but after, it's what matters. Yeah, yeah, and but it's like, and, I don't know. And that's kind of the thing. I, I, like, I'm, I, I agree, it just... It's just so weird it's to very to weird things about team fish tackle like to to make a good analogy about them they are like fish like it's good for the first 15 minutes and then they go completely no like they it's fish <laughs> that it's good for the first 15 minutes and then they go completely raw like they they, they are left out of the freezer and they go completely meh immediately uh, like that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens to fish if you don't freeze it or put it in somewhere that they can keep it cool uh cool yeah so it's just such a weird team to try and focus on. Like I don't, I wouldn't change any players either. The clear upgrade would be somewhat an actual support over NXI, but I agree NXI looked better this week. Obviously, I, I'm not sure if the mark should be Rakan games because I feel like almost everyone can play Rakan in the league. Like Dombrey had a, a great week playing Rakan as well, and he came in on his first week. Obviously, not trying to pull down any player, but it feels like everyone can play Rakan. So hopefully, I can see a bit more from NXI. But that's the best place you can upgrade uh, on almost anyone from the team, and it's the the um, the role swapped jungler. Then honestly, this team has a lot of upside. If the rest of the members don't look that replaceable, I, I'm with Gordon on that. Like I would still wait a bit and see how they perform. But in a relegation I, system, you don't have that sort of leeway, though. I was gonna say I think that Man. they should. I think they should pull the trigger. Get NXI out of here. I agree. He had a good week, but you know what? This team is missing. This team is missing a shot caller. Because play, good players get leads, great players know when to listen to the leader and use their leads. And I don't think they have a shot caller. I think that's where a lot of their issues come from. NXI still is learning a new role. And I think uh, even if he had a good week, I'm with you. Get a veteran in there, someone who's played the role before. They can do it in their sleep. They know where to ward. They know where to walk, You know how to play through vision, that kind of stuff. Everything a support needs to do. Someone who can just do that in their sleep and who can focus on other parts on the map. Let's go here now. Let's set up a three-man gank. Like, that is where they can improve upon. If they get a, a caller, like a veteran support, it could be really good for them. I think it could be really, really good for them. Yeah, I will. I, point. I don't think they should get a veteran. I think they should get a rookie. But it's well, still a rookie. Right. <laughs> you might as well have a rookie already. You got the roll swap jungler. But yeah, I, I, I mean, to, to Bonfire's point, I don't think that's the thing. I'm not out on the NXI train just because he looks so much better week two than week one. Um, so, you know, like if he shows a similar jump in week three to what he showed in, from week one to week two, uh, then I think he might actually start getting like really good. Um, so I, I would, I'm in to give him more chances. If you were to do that though, I mean, when the roster was originally announced, there were people making the comments, right? That it's like, why are you role swapping NXI to support when all the support talent is out here and available, right? It's like Prismal's out there. Um, Joey's out there, presumably, although I think he's still employed by Immortals in some capacity, but still he, my guy might want to play. 
What was that? Didn't he, he get into coaching with Well, he was got brought on as the academy player. coach so that they dropped the whole academy team. <laughs> no, but I think, didn't he get now into a position? I think he's like, yeah, I think he's like an assistant team. coach on main immortals or yeah. something, but. Although, just as a quick thing, uh, can we, I'm kind of interested now, can we make like a, a list of players that are available so, just so that we can see eventually who pulls the trigger and brings any sort of player in for any is it, position? Isn't Puma available? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, unless he's like, unless Get he's like Poom. riding the CLG bench. Yeah. Get Poom. He might well, be still CLG under contract with CLG, so you might have to like CLG might want you to pay like a buyout or something. But but isn't CLG dead? Wouldn't it be under energy. Yeah. Sure, sure, but same deal. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I've never seen Poom in an NRG jersey, so yeah, like, my brain doesn't go there. Poom actually vanished from existence when they merged. He he just like went with the CLG and just vanished into thin air. Yeah, no. I'm a big Poomer. Any Poomers out there, I love Poom. Yeah. Destiny retired, but you know, that's Pretty retiring well. is relative. Uh whatever of the three wild card supports they don't want anymore. You could grab any of those guys. Uh between Duo King, Wildcard and Between Duo King, Donbrey and Isles. <laughs> yeah, bring Donbrey, holy hell. Get, no, we get Duo King, and we see how everything unfolds. Hey, and you I think Duo King on a bottom team. That is drama everywhere. That, you need, that a, uh, you need a shot caller who's also used to uh, roll swapping from jungle to support. Boy, do I have someone for you. Have you heard Dardock? Dardock has just as much experience at support as NXI does, but... We've been we've been belaboring the, who the Team Fish Taco potential support could be for a while. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about some other teams. Uh, I, I want to talk about some of our rising stars in the league here. Uh, we talked about Wildcard a fair bit already. Let's talk a little bit about Maryville and the week that they have. I, I've already explained that their match against AOE is is kind of meaningless to me, but they do split two other series in in a solid manner. One of which against Wildcard who's really good, and the other against Supernova. So how are we feeling about Maryville and their growth coming into this week? I You made the, separa the separation from AoE and from the AoE matchup. I want to make the separation from one of the games against Supernova because I still don't understand how the hell Supernova lost that one game. That, it, it made no... They countered them, they killed them at Baron, got Baron, I blanked for two minutes, and they won the game. I still don't understand how that happened. Supernova lost the game so randomly, but I, I feel like there's been improvement from Maryville. I think it was you or Nyarko. I'm not sure if it was you or Slayer, actually, that said that they were still kind of feeling the... Or not feeling. They were coming back from the CeeLo finals, mm -hmm. and they were still trying to, to get the practice going and things like that. And it feels like that's the case. Like, after... The, the weak rest from CeeLo finals and getting back into the ride, into the NECL... Like matchups and things like that it, it seems like they certainly were more like not don't want to say jet like but certainly kind of resting and then now came back to play and the improvement is showing like i, I think the players are certainly showing back and i think particularly scary jerry impressed me a lot this week from the side of maryville i think he played really really great yeah and i'll yeah. say conversely to the supernova series right uh i, I think game two against wildcard could have been a maryville win as well like, Zamudo kind of has to pop off in that last fight on Akshan, yeah. uh, get some big respawns, get some big kills if they can manage to mark him. Um, I think he does a really great job of, of uh, canceling out the Zeri with Akshan. I don't know if that's the reason for the pick or not, but, uh, you know, he's got some items on Akshan. He's got some levels. He's got that really amped up uh, comeuppance ultimate. Uh, and uniquely usually that's the worst ultimate in the game because it just bounces off the front liner and it does no damage but he manages to catch it like pretty much 100 to 0 in zeri because zeri's that champion who's always right jumping over walls separating herself from the team and then there's nowhere for scary jerry to go uh, and that's huge in uh zamudo managing to turn around that fight but if he doesn't do that i think maryville have a really solid shot of winning that game number two and actually 2-0ing wild card here so yeah definitely agree it's like Every game that Maryville's in where they don't get completely blown out of the water seems to totally descend into chaos. Like, I think Odd Orange and Niles have a tendency to just always go no matter what, and that can be yep. a double-edged sword for sure. Uh, I don't know if this league will kind of train some discipline into them or if that's just always who they're going to be, but I'm very curious to see how they grow as this season comes on, given given what we've gotten to see from them this week. Yeah, I um, 
I I don't want to be the negative person, man. I really don't. But I I yes, you miracle, feed into I it, did. bonfire. Oh man! All right, all right. I'll I'll, I'll You know what? I'll just accept it. I just don't believe that this is. I think that you can have a good week, and I just don't think it's gonna matter. Like I think that this Maryville team is mid, and they will they will be sixth or seventh or fifth, and we're all gonna forget about this week eventually, and it'll be like they had a couple good. Not tenth quarter. I, I can see you, TDS. They're not going to be tenth. I think, like, I think fifth would be a huge win for this Maryville team, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe I was high on on fifth. The point is, they're not going to make playoffs. I don't even think that they're going to like finish in the top oh. six. I have them at seventh. I think that this is like every dog has their day. Maryville had a good week. They didn't really play that good of opponents, and you said it like perfectly. A shtick team. Every team has a shtick, right? Team Fish Taco, their shtick is that they get an early lead. Merrillville, their shtick is that you can just kind of bait them in a lot of the times. And uh, I think that Niles and Odd Orange are going to have to learn that discipline. And you said it best, right? Like, Niles and Odd Orange are not new to this league. These are not rookies who will listen to, you know, to the veterans and say, like, oh, yeah, you're right, I should do that. Like, these are veterans. And so I think there's a reason that Niles and Orange aren't currently playing in the LCS. And I think that's one of the reasons. I don't want it's to be a jerk. Just, I just, so, you know. It's funny to just say you're the negative one because you were the I'm negative. I'm the one that one. says, I, yeah, I'm the one that I says. The <laughs> so, it's funny they just say that, and it, it also like technically, if they get eighth, it's still good because they get playoffs. Eighth yeah, is the minimum for playoffs, right? They get lower bracket there, but it's the minimum for yes. playoffs. Yes, eighth makes yeah, a top eight makes playoffs. So eighth is a victory anyway because they get playoffs. Yeah, I think really. I think anything anything regarding playoffs is probably a victory for Maryville. I still think don't think they are going to get it. But also one thing that I'm kind of glad that they are showing, and it's something that I feel like teams that are expected to be bad should replicate. And I hope that this that doesn't sound as bad as it sounded after I said it. But it feels like if you're able to make teams fall into chaos with you, you have better chances at playing the game. Because if yeah. you get outplayed with your hands, the best thing you can do is bring them down to your level, as bad yeah. as that sounds. Like, the, the closer you are in level, the the easier it is for you to actually play. And I think that Maryville is a really good team at doing that. As long as they don't get blown out, they grab you by the leg and they throw you into the cave with them. And they make sure that you stay down there for as long as possible and try and win the game with that. And I feel like that's a good idea for lower level teams or for teams that maybe don't have a set style. Like, the closer you are able to make the teams being level with you, the easier it is for you to try and play. And as a side note, any teams, try and replicate this when you go against international competition. I, like teams that are clearly better than you. The closer you are in terms of badness, the easier it is for you to actually win against them. You saw that tweet as well. I, I saw a tweet that was like, why don't, you know, teams like NA and EU just have more pocket picks and bust out weird metas? Why are we just like oh, LCK light? Okay, never mind. Maybe you didn't see the tweet. Maybe you're just yeah. So I smart. didn't see it. I I agree with that, but I didn't see it. It's still like, it's like know, the the. It's also like it's the thing that happens as well in, in normal sports. Like you don't play yeah. to what the enemy wants to do. You play to whatever you think it's better, and you make them feel the pain. You don't want them to have fun. You want them to be mad. You want them to be irreparable. You don't want them to play to their best because their best is going to win against you. So you want to grab them and make them play to your level. That's the best strategy for teams that are clearly worst. Just like that. True. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I do certainly think Maryville can, can drag teams into the mud with them for sure and, and make these make these later games chaotic. They've definitely shown that throughout this week. So let's see if they're going to be able to do it against some of the better teams. We talked about wildcard a fair bit already. Um I don't want to give another shout out to Zamudo here, though. We we kind of breezed past it in Player of the Week. He was TDS's Player of the Week. He's competing for it with, for mine as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. This guy just looks great. Like even on his Malphite and Orn games, he's really impressing me. That might be a little confirmation bias there, um, just because I've been hyped on this kid for a while. But I feel like mechanically, especially, I think his frontline play is really good. I think he's yeah. he's Orn combos are great, and I can't believe I'm talking about like Orn combos in professional play. I feel like everybody in the world can do Orn combos, but like I don't know his like his E charge to knock up into having already cast the Call of the Forge God and a recast double the knock up. So like smooth. he just executes that so smoothly. I feel like no nobody else's Orn. I rarely see Orns like being able to so consistently pull off that combo, and he does it like four times this weekend. Um, his Malphite game was good. His Akshan game 
was iffy, but, you know, I, I like that he's willing to play it. He, yeah, very interesting player to me. I want to keep, see him keep going on this trajectory. And there's good potential for him to go into the LCS, considering the top lane prowess right now. I feel like he has a lot of space open eventually. Maybe not this year, because Team Source Curve to Trial by Fire. As you guys know, I am a huge fan of Trial by Fire, and I would be willing to put Samudo right into an, an, into LCS just to see how he does. But I know a lot of people aren't willing to do that. So at the very least this year, he probably won't get the chance. But next year, I would be surprised if no team is at the very least eyeing him for a potential upgrade. Dignitas, I'm looking at you. Reach may look good, but he is a Korean and he has to go. So I would think about Samudo for the love of God. Your team is not that great. Yeah, I, I think the team, if anyone's going to pick him up, please be TSM, dude. If I have to watch Hanser play one more game of League of Legends, I'm going to lose my mind. This guy... If you're going to so one-trick Malphite, Zamudo's Malphite looking pretty I good. I know, I know. I, but TSM's not going to do that because TSM hates NA. Because Reggie well, would TSM rather... TSM's not going to be here next year. I know. No? Just mailing it in, dude. I mean, realistically, that's why Hanser still has a team. Because Reggie's like, who can I call that I can pay <laughs> pennies to and will play with for me for a split? Or at the very least, the ones more split, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, let's let's switch from the positives to the negatives here. Let's talk a little bit about yeah. some of our teams that have disappointed us this week that have, have dropped down in the rankings. Uh, let's start off with, let's start off with disguised. I want to talk about both of them because we've kind of skipped past them for most of the week. Uh, let's talk about disguised. I mean, a rough week for disguised, I would say, given their expectations. They end up two and four. Uh, are we are we hitting the panic button on disguised at this point, or uh, or are we willing to kind of write it off? I don't think Chost is hitting the panic button just because he already kind of had a horrible Valorant roster and he <laughs> I wouldn't expect that to be the case here with his roster. And in the same vein, like I said with Maryville, as long as you get eighth, you get playoffs, so that should be good enough. I feel like DSG, as long as you get sixth, that's playoffs upper bracket, that's good enough. Now, expectations are still high for them. Second week, maybe not the best, but I still think that they can be really, really good. And individually, I think their players weren't that bad, particularly top side. Bot lane is the one that I'm getting a bit more worried, and it's particularly on Mitch. Mitch, I'm still not sure what to make of, and I feel like he's the one that has to step up a bit more with team play to make this team shine a bit more, because I feel like he's the one that gets a bit more exploited compared to the rest of the members on the SG. Yeah, I, 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 you know my feelings about this team. You know how, obviously, I think I was the lowest on this team. I think I put them in third, uh, which was the lowest ranking yeah. for them and uh, out of everyone. And I, I'm going to say, you know, I, would, I think that a lot of my uh, fears were correct about this team, which is that they, I just, dude, I feel bad because I like Toast as a person and I'm glad he's investing in the scene. I don't think that they have a winning mentality or a winning style at the Disguised Toast facility. And uh, I, I, I think DSG Toast uh, is just, I, I just don't know if I believe in it right now. And I think this proved it to me, um, at least for this week. Now, I will refer back to what I said about Maryville, about bad teams having good weeks and good teams having bad weeks. They will bounce back. They just have too much talent to not bounce back. But I think that this is... I think this shows that this team is uh, not a top two team yet. And I think that uh, this this week kind of proves me correct, um, at least in my mind. Yeah, I I almost so like I, I'm I'm not going to jump off this disguise train after just this week. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm, I'm still going to be believing in them to be pretty at least top four coming into like the next oh, yeah, upcoming yeah. weeks. Like I, I, I don't think this is indicative of where they're at uh, the performance this week. I do think like I, I'm, I'm interested to see if they make some changes to their like champion priority. Uh, it, some stuff comes off as weird. Like they, they put a little, they put a lot of priority on fake God Renekton, right? And rightfully so his Renekton is insane um he, he develops massive cs leads up there every game even in both games up against wildcard right he is he gets neutralized to some degree by zamudo but he is building up like 20 30 cs leads he's getting tons of turret plates in the one-on-one -on -one. he's like really really powerful on that pick and is a huge threat um but between like the amount of prio they put on it and how useless top lane is uh plus the fact that like 
they have like I, I feel I, I don't know if you guys noticed this too. I feel like they have weird Zaya priority. Like they just take yeah. Zaya super high, uh, higher than most teams. It feels like Meech has just been kind of like whatever on it. I don't know. It's it's been very strange for me. I wonder if that's the adaptation that comes through. Um, I don't know. A lot to note here. It's it, a lot of their losses are very strange though. It does feel like they have been getting punished through the bot lane to some degree. They have been getting punished. Like they've just had some really weird late game team fights sometimes. Like Tomo being up way high farther than anyone else. Tomio, not yeah. Tomo. Um, huh. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm very confused at what I've seen out of Disguised. I hope they can show us a little bit more consistency uh, in the coming weeks. Well, technically, they are already playing for topside, and the meta changes for topside, especially with the changes in the in the patch. Maybe. And that they already kind of are are making it work for the future, but since we're still on the, on the point where top lane is not that useful, it's more clear that the over priority for Vagot didn't work out that well. I I'm in between with them. I already said like as long as they qualify for playoffs should be good enough. My expectations with them are still that I think they are going to be a top three, top four team. So. I, I don't think I'm I'm getting off the train the boat what I'm not getting the off vehicle. of them just yet. Yeah, anything that it's involving getting off of I'm not getting off just yet. <laughs> Staying on. <laughs> yeah, Stay on but, the but the thing the the thing that it's keeping me on on like on check is like I'm saying the AD carry I feel like Mitch has to step it up a bit more. And then also it's it's a weird thing because I think the top side has been playing great. But it feels like there's a disconnect between Tomio and, and Young still. Like that's one of the of the other things that I'm kind of surprised with. They feel like one of the top teams that have the most disconnected uh, mid jungle synergy. And I hope that they are able to fix it quickly enough. I, like I think it's not something that they cannot work on, but it's something that feels so weird when you have two two players so good as them and they are already performing individually really well, but the synergy between the two is so weirdly disconnected. Uh, and it's surprising to see, but it's certainly one of also one of the things that make them not be as good to see as TLC or FlyQuest see. Hmm. Like those two teams have better mid jungle synergy, even uh, like even Walkard and Maribel as well. I think they were the the jungle mid, the mid jungle synergy is way better with them than whatever DSG has. I will go even farther actually. I think there's multiple teams in the league that have better mid lane jungle synergy than DSG. Yeah. And oh, it, that rose <laughs> Yeah, like I, I honestly feel like there's uh, Team Fish Tackle has a better mid jungle synergy than them. But they just have better players, so they can outpower them. But this week it was more apparent than in previous ones. No, I don't know if I'll go that far, but like I, I agree. It's 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 also like it's really hard to differentiate like individual player skill from synergy and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know. An awkward run so far for DSG. Let's see how they're going to be able to do in the coming weeks. Uh, last team I want to talk about here is Evil Geniuses. Um, they are they go off a cliff this week uh, as they end up going. They were one and five, right? Am I crazy yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Just as I do as well quickly. Nyarko isn't here as well for the week where EG does the worst. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> I think this. To be fair, for uh, Nyarko can feel okay. This is gonna be the first of many. I think they they have. Oh, they whoa, look, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey. I, not if I have something to say. All about right, it, well, you know, we'll EG. let you say something about it in a second. But this team, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm I am just beside myself right now. I think King is like the own, looking like the only good player here. I'm very disappointed in what i've seen and their only win is up against the um the ever inconsistent disguised because smoothie keeps landing blitzcrank hooks that is not that is not what i want to see out of my veteran based developmental team with a professional coaching staff i mean ugh. i i will say as i was the highest on eg by far and my my argument was they simply can't do worse than they did last split um and I also, I, I think I also said, like, they're going to develop because of their time spent together. This was uh, an acid flashback for them. This was post-traumatic stress disorder. They were suddenly, they woke up and it was spring of 2023. And they <laughs> spent a week in there. They will not, I think, I disagree. I think that the first week is what you should look at. Because that was the new EG that I think people were expecting. Um, are they going to be a top three team? No. 
are they going to be a top five team? Maybe. Um, but I think that uh, I, I think that this week was not indicative of their strengths. And you brought up a good point, you know, uh, Gordo, which I like to highlight: professional coaching staff. They will have meetings, they will talk, and they will figure out what went wrong and how to fix it. And they have a superstar in King, like you talked about, who I think that uh, can really, I think is an LCS level player if he can get a good team comp around him. And so I am, uh, I hate EG as an organization, but this team, I believe in. You know what's funny? They started the week with a 1-1 against DSG, and I thought, Okay, they that's great. They oh boy, they got it. DSG. Both of these they teams are so good. <laughs> and then you see, you get the, it's like a hundred thieves on the LCS. Wow, they perfect game FlyQuest. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, no. Okay, I guess not the case. Yeah, I'm not still down on EGC because I do think that it's second week, so there's nothing bad with them failing this hard on the second week. They played against FlyQuest, they played against DSG, and they got one game out of the four. So technically, that shouldn't be the worst. But then you look at DSG, and then you begin second-guessing yourself. And then they also lost against Team Fish Tackle, which is the biggest anomaly in the NACL as of now. So it's so weird to try and guess where, I'm where EGC is. And I feel like it's even worse than trying to guess TFT. Because at least with TFT, with TFT, you can make the argument, okay, they're a newer team. They are coming in fresh. They are something that it's weird, that it's affecting my perception of reality. But at the very least, I can understand that they are newer. EGC is not that new. They have King now, but the other four players are not, are not new. And if this is the, well, Bonfire is saying that we should get the first week performance as the baseline. But I feel like it's not that the first week performance is their baseline, is that I think first week was a fake week for almost everyone, apart from TLC. Like everything else, it feels like first week was the biggest fake week possible for almost all the teams. So the perception of every team is actually not the first week, it's this week potentially and then the next one and if that's the case i think egc probably goes one five again that's that's the big thing yeah with them that i'm, I'm, I'm real disappointed in what we've said i mean shaden shows some sparks here and there but even he like it feels like almost uncharacteristically given what we saw from him last split is like over aggressing in weird places and it's like this should be like his meta too. It's like there's there's Kha'Zix and there's Kindred and like he didn't even get a Graves in there here and there. Those are like the kind of picks I want to see out of yep. Shaden. Um, he just hasn't been able to really piece it together. Uh, I think Ryoma looks terrible. Like Ryoma just like uncharacteristically almost is just like having really tough matchups up against you know the likes of uh, I don't know, who do they play against? Like they play against some tough mid laners this week. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, uh, Shochi. APA and Young. Sho uh, no, Shochi, Young, and uh, Spyrax, right? Because they play Fly Challengers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, does lose to Spyrax, too. I, Shochi and APA. Uh, Sho or, sorry, Shochi and, um, uh, Shochi and Young I'm pretty high on, so it's like I'll give him a pass there. But overall, still, it's like I, I would want him to be challenging these guys, right, given his history and his experience and how he's been able to do at this level before. He's just not really doing it. Soul looks continues to disappoint me, man. I don't know what's up with Soul. Like he, it's crazy when a player looks better on TSM. Um, that's just something you don't see in the modern era very often. But he looked <laughs> a lot better on TSM. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm very curious to see where they go from here for sure. But I'm disappointed in what we've seen thus far, and I'm going to be pretty low on Evil Geniuses going forward. I'm glad I, I put them below the half line. Like, I didn't put them fifth. Because I'm I'm honestly not thinking that they are going to go over that. I think I put sixth. them sixth. Yeah, sixth was a good enough place for them. Hold on. Fourth. Now I'm, you're <laughs> up there, bro. You were, like, third, I think, right? Fourth, like, fourth, no, he has fourth. DSG third as me, yeah, so he fourth. has the fourth. Okay, yeah. okay, fourth. Believer, believer. Give me AG, baby. I, again, don't like the organization, but give me this roster. Yeah. I like I just oh. Oh. go ahead. No, uh, no, because I I wanted to jump a bit onto fear. So okay, yeah, I, I was just gonna say, might be worth considering that we could see um, 
We might see Armeo down here at some point if they ever decide to put Shaden on the main roster. Um, it's not... It's the, they, they announced it as a possibility, right? Like, they announced Shaden as, like, the sixth man on that Evil Geniuses roster. So, like, clearly it's an option they're considering. Um, wouldn't be my call out. Like, the, the Evil Geniuses, uh, the, the Live Evil podcast put out a tweet asking how many games do we expect Shaden to play? Uh, and I put my vote in there on zero. But... Uh, so I'm not going to be one to believe it, but it's been called out by the organization as a possibility. Uh, I'm curious to see if that ends up happening. Although if Shaden keeps playing like this, I would not give that man LCS time, uh, especially with Armeo looking very good. Yeah, I also think Armeo was looking quite great coming back into the SKS, so wouldn't put a lot on that. Can Unless be talent, baby. Eliminated, don't expect it. Armeo, uh, baby. TLC, two-time winner. The two-time Sure. I never believed until Sorry. Now. You know, you know me. I gotta get my team liquid bragging rights in whenever I can. Back to back, Armeo. Alright. Let's hear it about Fear TDS and then we'll close things out. Yeah, I feel like it just making the same note on Fear. I feel like they finally woke up. The okay. first week, like I was saying, first week from Fear, like many other teams, was a really weird week. And I think that this week they played it out really, really well. Just trying to remember the teams that they went for. Like obviously 2-0 DGC. They were able to, yes, they lost to TLC, but honestly, TLC is still TLC. And then two, and I think a really convincing, the one that makes me the biggest, like, believer, or at least the one that makes me think that Fear finally woke up, is a 2-0 against Supernova, because I think that was such a convincing, convincing win for them. The players really looked like they were to, uh, coming back towards their normal level. And I think particularly Perry and Shochi looked way, way better than their first week performances. So really glad that they were able to show up like this. And it feels like we're now getting the actual fear that was appearing last season, last play. Yeah, I agree there. I think it's a much better week for Shochi and Perry this week. Um, I think Philip shows some really good stuff too. His Cassante games in particular. Uh, I think he has some really great Cassante performances. Um that are just going to stick in my mind. Um, so I don't, I'm excited to see Philip continue to grow, right? Like, I'm not out of the Philip train by any means. I feel like a lot of people are going to see, like, fly challengers decide to go for Faisal and think, like, ah, you know, that's that's it for the Philip story, right? His path is is cut off there. But I, I hope that the future of the NACL is, like, you don't have to be on these org affiliate teams, especially because the org affiliate teams are a dying breed. So... Philip, I, I think if he if he keeps it up, could be one of those players that's in consideration for promotion up to the LCS at some point, especially because he had that one split already and he looks solid. And if there's anything that LCS teams have shown us over the last decade plus, it's that the number one way to get promoted to the LCS is to end up there coincidentally and look pretty good. Like that's that's been the recipe for almost every rookie ever in the history of the game, uh, because they just don't start rookies in vacuums almost ever. It's always somebody subbing in and looking good. The only, I think I, except for Jojo Pune yep. is like the only like, wow, this guy, and Danny. Yeah. And Peter Danny. Dunn's an exception Although, though. He's not American. I don't think Danny was, was, did people hype up Danny or was no. it just like, nobody just, hyped him up, but they did bring him in and like, let him be starter without yes. him having like, had to be an e-sub at some point. This is true. Jojo they, and Busio. I think they hyped him, though, but they hyped him with a different name, and then his name changed. It was Are Shiro he... before. I, I just I remember, like, like, Peter Dunn believed in him the whole time. I remember the EG staff, because people were questioning the promotion, and they were like, maybe long-term it'll be better than Deftly was their AD before. Uh, but I remember, like, I remember EG staff tweeting, like, no, we think this is an upgrade right now. And everybody's like, oh, really? And and now in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, Danny was a lot better than Deftly, huh? Yeah, sure. Surely EG treated Danny well. Aware. Yeah. Let's be honest. Deftly was there. There was only one person that believed in Deftly the whole time, and I'm still surprised that that happened when he was there. So honestly, don't doesn't surprise me that he went over. That Danny was the one selected over him, but. Maybe I'm, I'm misremembering. Like I think Dan, Danny had the hype, but with another name, and then he name changed for some he reason. Was, he definitely went by another name. He was name. Shiro. Um, yeah. I don't remember a lot of people believing in him at the I time, but I, I at least remember. I didn't. I thought he would be bad. Um, <laughs> I'll own that. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. like, Nobody thought I, he was going to be good. It was like I didn't think of I'm him at all. I'm misremembering, so it's not that big. Also, still question the fact that he went for Danny when it wasn't even his name, but I know, that's another it's, story. That's, we would have to fill a whole other podcast episode with that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
NA talent, baby. Let's go for it. I, I would love to see it. I'd love to see more promotions come through, and we'll uh, continue to look for them here. But that's going to be about an hour, so that's going to do it for this episode of The Salt Mine. Went a little off the rails there, but got to cover all of our big storylines from the week, and we will be back next week to cover those third week of games. We're going to hit mid-split after next week, so maybe we'll do a little mid-split awards stuff. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about how the power rankings are shaking up will be a bunch of fun. Hope to see you there. That's going to be next week. So until then, enjoy the 30 games of NACL this coming weekend. And uh, we'll see you next time.